Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our morning Bible study for the Day of Prayer. We are so glad that you can join us as we continue to discuss 2 Samuel. Before we get into the Word, who would like to volunteer to open us up in prayer? I will. All right, I promise. Let's go, young man. God, I just thank you. Sorry. God, I just welcome you inside of our midst, and thank you for giving us different ways to look at things that are not so one-sided. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right, well, this morning we are continuing with 2 Samuel, and we're going to begin chapter 14. So can I get a couple volunteers? And we're going to go through the first 24 verses. We'll split it uh, between verses 12 and 13. Okay? I'll read the first half. All right. So Job the son of Zariah perceived that the king's heart was concerned about Absalom. And Job sent it to Koah and brought from there a wise woman and said to her, Please pretend to be a mourner and put on mourning apparel. Do not anoint yourself with oil, but act like a woman who's been mourning a long time for the dead. Go to the king and speak to him in this manner. So Joab put in the words put the words in her mouth. And when the woman of Tekoa spoke to the king, she found her face to the ground and prostrated herself and said, Help, O king. Then the king said to her, What troubles you? And she answered, Indeed, I am a widow. My husband is dead. Now your maidservant has two sons, and the two fought with each other in the field, and there was no one to part them. But the one struck the other and killed him. And now the whole family has risen up against your maidservant. And they said, Deliver him who struck his brother, that we may execute him for the life of his brother, whom he killed. And we will destroy the hair also. Hair. Hair, sorry. It's okay. So they would extinguish my em- ember that is left, leave to my, hus- leave to my husband neither name nor remnant the- on the earth. Then the king said to the woman, Go to your house, and I'll give orders concerning you. And the woman of Tekoa, and the woman of Tekoa said to the king, My lord, O king, let the iniquities be on me and my father's house, and the king and his throne be guiltless. So the king said, Whoever says anything to you, bring him to me, and he shall not touch you any more. Then she said, Please let the king remember the Lord your God, and do not permit the avenger of blood to destroy any more, lest they destroy my son. And he said, As the Lord lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground. Therefore the woman said, Please let your maidservant speak another word to my lord the king. And he said, Say on. So the woman said, Why then have you schemed such a thing against the people of God? For the king speaks this thing as one who is guilty, and that the king does not bring his banished one home again. For we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. 
Yet God does not take away a life, but he devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. Now therefore I have come to speak this thing to my lord the king, because the people have made me afraid. And your maidservant said, I will now speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his maidservant. For the king will hear and deliver his maidservant from the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son together from the inheritance of God. Your maidservant said, The word of my lord the king will now be comforting. For as the angel of God, so is my lord the king in discerning good and evil. And may the lord your God be with you. Then the king answered and said to the woman, Please do not hide from me anything that I ask you. And the woman said, Please let my lord the king speak. So the king said, Is the hand of Joab with you in all this? And the woman answered and said, As you live, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right hand or to the left from anything that my lord the king has spoken. For your servant Job, Joab sorry, commanded me, and he put all these words in the mouth of your maidservant. To bring about this change of affairs, your servant Joab has done this thing. But my lord is wise, according to the wisdom of the angel of God, to know everything that is in the earth. And the king said to Joab, All right, I have granted this thing. Go, therefore, bring back the young man Absalom. Then Joab fell to the ground on his face and bowed himself and thanked the king. And Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord, O king, and that the king has fulfilled the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him return to his own house, but do not let him see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, but did not see the king's face. Okay. Well, there is a lot in there. So I want to hear from you guys. What did the Holy Spirit reveal to you? And or what questions or comments do you have? I found it interesting that Job sent the wise one from Tekoa to talk to David instead of going to talk, talking to David himself. Okay, explain. And the fact that he was He was what, sir? The fact that Job was trying to use somebody else to speak to the king. Yes, instead of just coming to and saying it bluntly. Hmm. And to me, it kind of seemed like he was trying to use deception to try to get Absalom back. It's an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. Why he would use someone else to speak to David mm-hmm. versus Joab? Because David will have a different approach in a different consideration if he was speaking to one of his subjects versus Joab, who he speaks very open and blunt with Joab. He's very honest 
and to the point, and they have a different dynamic versus the king to a subject, and especially a woman, he would be more tender, mm -hmm. and it'd be easier for him to see the point, and he wouldn't approach it as a warrior, but as a father. Sure. Okay. I get that. Is it right to do? No. Um, I don't think there was anything wrong in what Joe up did, to be honest. So it's like when you guys go, hey, promise, you're the youngest. Go ask mom and dad if we can have and this, that, and the, the other. <laughs> they're like, Kyla, you go ask. You're the cutest. or No, they're like, Kyla, you go ask. We want to do X, Y, and Z. You go ask. Mom's less likely to tell you no. Or, or so you think. Right. Mm -hmm. You didn't get in trouble. Exactly. You, you didn't get in trouble, so why don't you go? Right. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that funny? Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is a tactic that you guys use quite often, or attempt to anyway. You recognize that now. Well, that's not why I said I didn't see there was anything wrong in it. <laughs> but since you mentioned it, yeah. Excuse me. So. Then why did you say you didn't see anything wrong? Uh, just because uh, I think Joab noticed how David was feeling and he was more considerate. And because it said Joab was concerned about Absalom and he wanted to go to him, but he didn't know how to go about it or what to say. And he kind of needed it spurring on, just like how um, after David killed Uriah and Bathsheba bore the first child, and then later he died and Solomon was born. Joab still had to encourage David with some put-to-rump action about coming <laughs> to take the city. Mm -hmm. And it still seems like David's kind of in this funky mood. He's not mm -hmm. quite himself, so he needs the extra encouragement. And it wasn't he needed to be like burnt with the soldering iron or light a fire under his rump. But he needed to be gently pushed. Okay. okay. So he can go and make amends and continue to walk in the way of the Lord. Hmm. Okay. Well, that, that's an interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. um, because what is Joab going off of? Is the Lord prompting him to do it? No. Okay, so what's he going off of then? His own perception. Mm -hmm. So his flesh. Yes. Does he care deeply about David? Sure. They've been together for quite some time. Mm -hmm. And clearly they have, as, as was described, a very uh, genuine and open and sincere relationship where they can talk about everything. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, but the care came out of a natural, what he could see with his eyes. Right? And what he heard with his ears. Nobody wants truly, if you care about someone, no, you don't want to see them in mourning. Mm -mm. However, there was a lot more to consider. Yes, we all want to, and, and I'll, I'll caveat it with this. We all want to see people restored back, right? Yes. First and foremost, the Lord. Right? That's why the Lord gave us the ministry of restoration, Right? Gave us a ministry of restoration so that we could... Re reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. To restore things back to the Father. All right? Yes. Okay. 
So we all want to see that. However, we can't force that on people. Mm-hmm. And that's almost what you see happening. Well, it's not almost. That is what you see happening here. He, his concern was out of natural thing. Even with reconciliation and reconciling or restoring things back to Christ, the person has to desire that. They can't be forced or coerced or any other deceptive mm-hmm. means to restore them. It's got to be sincere and genuine out of their heart. Mm-hmm. But that's not what happens here. Because like I said, there was a lot more to consider. I've heard nothing from Absalom for three years. He's been hiding out. He's been at his grandpa's house. Yep. Now, yes, that's he's safe. You know, for all, by all common knowledge, if you will, right? He's at his, his grandpa's house. He's hanging out, who's also a king. So he's... Well taken care of. Taken care of, clearly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, no, he doesn't have the relationship with his own father. And yeah, clearly that wears on David. However, does he really want one? No. How do you know? Because uh, later in the chapter, he wanted David dead so he could control the kingdom. Okay. But even before that, we're not there yet. <laughs> so, so yes, I, I understand your point, sir. But in the last chapter, it said that he was there three years. He would have come back sooner if he really wanted to. Or at least sent messengers on his behalf. There you go. There would have been some type of communication. If you were, if it was true, if it was genuine, if it was sincere, you at least go check or send someone to check on your behalf on a relationship if that's truly something you want. Right? Yes. But that's not been the case here. Now, there's the, so I'm sure that was a consideration of David. Now, there is also the other aspect of, yes, he was with his grandfather, who was a king. Absalom was. Mm-hmm. But guess what? David's also a king. Mm-hmm. He can go wherever he wants. Yep. He's the king. So the fact that he hadn't reached out, if you will, in three years should give a clue and indication of something far bigger or greater being at stake mm-hmm. and at play here. Yeah, I mean, he might have been able to talk to his father-in-law, if you will, or fellow king about um, Absalom's well-being. He could have sent a note to his father-in-law to see how Absalom was doing. Does that make sense? Yes. He could have done a lot of things, but he didn't. He didn't. He chose not to. There could have been unforgiveness. There could have been hardness of heart. There could have been a myriad of feelings going on, and I'm sure he went through a mourning process, um, and a grieving process with that and also mm-hmm. with you know taking time hopefully listening to the holy spirit to see how Amen. how to handle the situation <clears throat> excuse me with absalom what's the right thing to do what's the right action to take and you know there's a there's a saying um hindsight is 2020 you know, looking back, you can see more clearly than what you can see in the midst of the situation. That's a, a worldly saying. But with the Lord, we have the Holy Spirit who makes things clear for us so we can understand what's going on. But we have the privilege of looking back 
through the scriptures to see the things that maybe Joab wasn't aware of, maybe he was, to look back over the situation, the entirety of it, to see the things that were behind them and the things that they were going to go forward into, and then to look at it and make a decision. But they were in the midst of it. I understand, you know, the, the human side of going, my friend, who is also the king, is not not well. He's not doing great. He's physically, he's fine, but everything's not firing on the inside of him like it no, used to. he's not been himself. <clears throat> exactly. And he's been dragging his feet on things of the kingdom that he should be addressing. So a natural friend would want to help there. Um, would want to help their their friend get back to themselves. But also, I see another thing kind of brewing in Joab is it looks like he's tired of the king's positioning. Like it's starting to bother him and wear on him in a way of uh, what we would compare to getting on my nerves. Like you guys, we know mm. we don't talk like that, but that's a, a phrase in the in the world that we live in today that most people understand what that means. It's becoming irritating and bothersome, irksome to Joab to watch the king um, parlay his responsibilities and not stand up with vigor like he should and normally would. Like David had all this potential to be a great leader. Not that we expected him to be unjust, but we expected him to be strong and decisive, right? Strong and continue to do things to bring the kingdom into more prosperity, more um, surety and confidence, and to increase it, right? And I can see Joab, you know, like they ran through the wilderness all this time, and he expected there to be great outcome on the other side, and God is always faithful to do what he said. But I can see something coming up on the inside of him that's looking, especially starting uh, going back to when his he and his brother Abishai killed Abner, mm-hmm. there you could kind of see it there. Um, David said, Mm-mm, "That's not okay." And it was an event that impacted the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that—that's kind of the feeling that I get because Absalom didn't just come up and kill his brother. There's personality there. Mm-hmm. There's there's. There's time of personality before that, you you know. So yes, yes, it says that he planned it out for two years, as it were, right? But it didn't just all of a sudden hatch in that one moment. Mm-hmm. And, and well, it says that essentially it did. I just think he didn't like his brother from the get go. Yes, so that's the point I'm making is that it didn't just all of a sudden you wake up one morning and now you've got a whole plan on how to eliminate someone, and and all the rest of that. No, there were, there was a seed planted long ago. And a buildup. Mm-hmm. So it just, you know, you observe, because these are also um, his kinfolk as well. You know, they, they have mm-hmm. a close relationship. So he's watched this young man, Absalom, for a long time. And yes, we develop and grow as we mature, hopefully. But even as a man... He's seen, I'm sure he's seen some traits in Absalom that will cause him to go, hmm. And he also being a man of war, you invited the king to this party, but the intent and the outcome was murder. Yes. 
I don't think that it escaped either one of these two, David or Joab, because... They're both tacticians. But also, many battles. But also, they've had to escape from many places where people tried mm-hmm. to do them harm, yes. especially David. Right? They were in many situations yes. where people were laying in wait for him, slash them, and they had to look at the situation, observe, hear from the Holy Spirit, and avoid it, and escape with their life. You know, whatever the... the <laughs> The details of their escape were ultimately that's what they had to do so i'm not a tactician and i'm like hey wait a second (laughs) (laughs) two plus two is four i'm not a a man of war i'm not a you know it makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up right just a little (laughs) bit you know i fight if i need to but that's not my first choice but these these gentlemen i mean should have slid those beads on the abacus and been like, wait a second. You insisted heavily that the king come. And you could take that one of two ways. You're doing that because you know he's going to say no and you're going to have an opportunity. Or you were willing to both kill both of them in the same. You might have substituted. The king would have been a better fish. Or if you can get two with one stone, right? Then Right. I mean, you could have looked at, looked at that and said, hmm, I won't forget that. And... Perhaps that's why David didn't bring him home. Not just the act of killing his brother, but what was your real intention? I need to watch you. That Having that kind of um, clamoring for a throne is not a new facet. It's new to Israel because they just got a king. This is still new for them, having a king. But the other nations that had already had kings, they've been able to witness this toppling yes. and um, grasping but, for the throne. and But they witnessed coups. it and experienced it before David. That's right. With um, Saul's... Ishbosheth. Yeah, thank you. And Abner. Yeah. Trying to establish him and, and all the rest of that and still take the throne from David. So there was still all that positioning and bureaucratic, political Jockeying nature. Thank you. There it is. That's a great, yes, way to phrase that. So there was all those things that were still occurring before David actually came to the throne. And, and then over, came Israel. over mm-hmm. Israel in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so this isn't anything new. This is You see the continuation mm-hmm. in this. Only this is coming from within David's own household. It's not another person, another tribe of Israel or, or any of those things. This is from within his own house. Yes. So. And I'm sure that he saw or recognized that. Because David has insight from the Lord. Yes. And this wise woman, right? However she's described. um, Yes. The wise woman of Tekoa. Yes. So the woman of Tekoa. Mm -hmm. She makes that exact declaration herself, right? Okay, this is the inside of an angel, of the Lord. So he was able to see through everything that was going on. It's not going to be the first time that the Lord spoke to him about this or gave him insight. You see that when he was following the Lord, that was throughout the entirety of his life. When he was submitted to the Lord, 
and doing the things the Lord wanted him to do. Hmm. You know, it's, it's not a foreign concept for people to look at someone that God has placed in leadership and go, I could do it better. It's not... That, that's a very natural <laughs> perspective. It's a very natural mm-hmm. perspective. And unfortunately, what follows that is railing and trying to derail the person that has been chosen to <clears throat> be in that leadership, trying to um, supplant them and take them down, if you will. But, but even as I look at this, there's even, yes, she declared that David had the insight of an angel of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it's also what she says prior to that. When she comes to the, the place where she essentially acknowledges that the entire situation that she concocted, her and Joab, mm-hmm. or Joab, I should say, that mm-hmm. she went along with, participated in, was really David's situation overlaid onto what she was saying. Kind of a counterfeit for what Nathan did, how the Lord sent Nathan. There's a man with yes. the baby, you lamb. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so in that, her statement is that it's not just about their relationship, but that he is now depriving all of Israel of the restoration, making a much bigger than just their relationship. Yes. But as we will see when we read later on, yes, all Israel was impacted as a result. But not in a positive or beneficial way. So, I bring that up to say this. It is so important for each of us to not look at things with our natural eyes or hear with our natural ears, but to gain insight from the Lord through his Holy Spirit who takes from the Father and discloses to us, gives to us what we should say and what we should do even in the very moment so that we can follow the purpose and the plan of the Lord. It's his wisdom, counsel, insight, knowledge and understanding that he is giving to us freely. We have to listen and accept it, receive it, and then apply it. Not be swayed by pressure or or whatever the case is, or even good intentions. Mm -hmm. Joab's intentions in here weren't bad in and of themselves necessarily. He genuinely cared for David, right, in this situation. Mm -hmm. However... Was that what was supposed to happen? Because David initially wasn't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. But then you see after this, it's almost like a, a guilt trip. Mm-hmm. And he changes. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah. Let's reach out to him. But he can't see my face. So in that denotes, even the fact that, okay, yes, I'm going to restore him. He can come back. There was still the, I'm going to keep you at arm's length. Because... There is a lack of trust now, which denotes what we were discussing earlier about how you still got to consider those things. Yet you plan this whole event out and you 
is an Absalom, absolutely purposed for David to be there. He insisted. So you see the deterioration. The trust has been completely eliminated mm-hmm. or eroded. Mm-hmm. If you won't come, we're going to at least send him. Right? Isn't that what he said? Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's very telling. You know, it's important for us to always have our ears open to hear the counsel of the Lord, right? To hear wisdom from God, and God will use a variety of people to speak to us. However, everyone that comes to speak is not necessarily speaking on behalf of the Most High God. So it's still important that you keep your heart available, keep Mm -hmm. yourself readily available to hear the counsel of the Lord, however he chooses to send it to you. And also with that discern by asking the Holy Spirit, whether or not these words are, in fact, from him. And if so, the entirety or just a portion? Did someone add to it? Did take they take away? away? From it. Right? Yes. And if they're yes. not, how do I handle it from here, Lord? Discard the words. You might have said, watch, um, watch and pray this person, you know, et cetera, et cetera, their, their intentions and their motives and reveal that to you. But it's important that you keep your heart open, but also pass before the Holy Spirit the information that's been provided to you mm-hmm. as, I'll say, quote, unquote, counsel. Ask the Holy Spirit about it, because if he sent someone to minister to you, yes, he will witness with your spirit as the word is coming forth. But also you still need to get and you still need to get understanding. Absolutely. If you don't hear an initial witness, still ask the Holy Spirit about it, Lord. You know, unless he's initially telling you red flag, you know, that's, that's not for me, but, um, as in the Lord, but David, I don't, I don't know or see here an account that he inquired of the Lord concerning it. How shall I approach the young man Absalom? And it doesn't, it doesn't, um, like, so if the Lord had told him initially, don't, don't bring this one back. Don't even entertain this this thought, this situation, this this audience. Let that go. You know, sometimes the Lord is like, okay, it's enough time. Like in um, first, was it First Corinthians five, where He talks about turn them over to to Satan. Um, I'll have to find it. I know what you're talking about. Yes, First Corinthians five, verse five. It's talking about, um, in this, this chapter of Scripture, about he's talking to the church in Corinth, and there's sexual immorality among them. And it's a, a man that is having his father's wife. Um, right, he's not his mother, but his father has another wife, kind of like what Reuben did yes. um, to Jacob, went into his, one of his concubines and his, his other wives. And um, and he was telling them, like, why are you guys acting like everything's okay? You should mourn because, you know, um, this deed is not even named among <laughs> the Gentiles. They're not even doing this kind of thing. So, so non-believers. Mm-hmm. Um, so in verse 5, it says, Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So he's saying, um, 
don't don't continue to to wink at that sin and keep him amongst you. And if you read further down in the chapter, he's, he explains to them when he tells them not to keep company with immoral people or sexually immoral people, he's not talking about the world. How can the world reflect Christ when Christ is not in them? He was saying, you know, you'd have to be out of the world not to be around those people. And when we look at Jesus' ministry, that's exactly who he ministered to because they didn't know any better. Yes. But the ones that know better. The ones that are professing to be Christian, they're right. believers, and continually, willfully, wittingly engage mm-hmm. in this type of behavior. He said, separate yourself from them. The ones that profess Christ, but yet continue to display ungodly attributes as in engaging continually in sexual immorality. Um, and he la- he labels covetousness, extortioners, idolaters, um, revilers, drunkards, etc. Put those people Separate yourself from them because that is love into your lump. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, perhaps the Lord told him, gave him that instruction. Don't try to bring him back into the fold. He needs to learn, right? Don't um, keep company with Absalom. There are times in, in the First Corinthians example, later on, the Apostle Paul comes back and addresses them and says, okay, now I'm going to test your love. Bring this one back, right? So there, yes. there is a, a time limit when the Holy Spirit is like, okay, they've, they've learned and now they need to be restored. You see that happen um, when the Lord's like, I'm lifting my covering and now Babylon's coming to get y'all, take you away. Um, and there's various exile, exiles that the children of Israel must go through. But then there is a restoration period when they return to him, Right. Yes. So as David, he may have heard from the Lord, separate from Absalom and leave him there. And then when Joab came back, instead of just going with the initial, oh, he's coming to ask this, okay, let's just go and do it, you still should stop and go, okay, Holy Spirit, have you changed directions on this? Are you ready for me to welcome this one in? Yes. Is that clear enough for you? I'm sorry. So if God gives you an initial instruction, instruction on how to handle a particular person, situation and then someone brings to you counsel and you are you're trying to discern is this from the lord or not ask and then in the asking lord okay are you ready for me to do this but don't make an assumption right isn't that what happened old testament you had the lord sent a, a man of god as it describes to go talk to the king and minister to him he says go this way oh yeah when you leave the city don't yeah where is that Keep, located. keep talking, I'll look at it. But he says, go to the city, you're going to minister this to the king. When you leave, don't go out the same way you came in, and go right home. Don't stop, don't eat anything there, don't drink anything there. Yes. And then on his way out... First Kings 13, 11. Okay. So that's where it starts. Thank you, sir. And then another individual who identified himself as a prophet said, oh no, the Lord told me to come invite you to my house, and and all these things. So come mm-hmm. come over, let's eat, let's mm-hmm. let's drink all that. And what did the, the man of God do? He went with them. He went back with this other <coughs> prophet, the person who proclaimed to be a prophet. And then he heard from the Lord. Where and ultimately resulted in this man of God's death. Because he was disobedient to what the Lord told him to do. Mm-hmm. Where in the moment he could have brought it before the Lord. Gotten either confirmation. Or either way, it's going to be the answer from the Lord on what he should say or do. And then he should have been obedient to that. 
And it's, so it's not that you can't receive words from other people. It's about check for yourself. You bring it before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Or even in, in this study, or we, we remind you and encourage you, go check the scriptures for yourself. In other words, go bring it before the Lord yourself to see if what we say is the truth. Don't just take our word for it. Search the scriptures. Bring it before the Lord. Let him reveal it to you as well. Because when that happens, then you can have peace. But it also denotes that you have your own personal, deep, and intimate relationship with the Lord, which is what the Lord wants and desires with each and every one of us. We can all come boldly before his throne and ask him as our Heavenly Father. Absolutely. We can all have that that exact, I'll say, type of relationship with him. That's what he wants. That's what he planned a purpose from the very beginning for everyone. But we have to accept or receive that and move forward in it. Mm-hmm. And in the, the account of First Kings that you were talking about, thir- chapter 13, the man that was eventually eaten by the lions, the first prophet, was accountable for what the Lord said to him. Mm-hmm. So just as each of us, when we leave this physical body this physical earth and we stand before our king he's going to go what did you do with what i gave you what i told you to do exactly what have you done with what i said to you he's not and you won't be able to say well this one told me this one lied to me no clearly we're accountable to hear the lord for ourselves Mm -hmm. yes there are people that are got places in your life to help you and teach you and um Sharpen your and, iron, right, if has, you will, has and given you offices there. to help build each other up and train and equip and encourage and absolutely everything else. But none of that is a replacement for your relationship and your responsibility and accountability to have your own relationship with God and hear from Him directly yourself. Amen. So that way you can do and carry out what He asked you to do. And rest assured, if your heart is pure to the Lord and genuine towards Him to do His will, He will make sure you carry it out. Right. He won't. He knows that we're going to learn to walk, if you will, and we're going to stumble and we're going to bump into things. But when your heart is pure towards him to actually do what he said, he will see you along that process and that journey to make sure you can carry it out right in a way that pleases him. Absolutely. And, and like you said, and as you grow, there is also the body of Christ that the Lord will send his servants to come and, and share what the Lord's telling to them, telling them for you. To help you as you mature and grow mm-hmm. in a the ability to hear his voice for yourself clearly and accurately. Mm-hmm. But then also just as you grow in your walk. Mm-hmm. But it all points back to Jesus and Amen. dependence on him. An entire soul dependence on the Lord. Exactly. All right, so are we ready to move on? Yes. We get a volunteer... What's up, sir? You want to say something? I have a question. All right. Okay. Let's hear it. My question is, why did she say, why then have you schemed such a thing against the people of God? What verse are you reading? That's verse 13. Um, where she was talking about how the king is doing this himself. So, yes. So that's how she... Uh, I'll say manipulates the situation, but also how she reveals that 
the entirety of her story was not about a situation that she was personally experiencing. She was taking the King situation and overlaying it on a hypothetical. Man, it, it's such a, like, if you look at... Almost right out of Nathan's... Exactly, what the Lord told Nathan to 12, do. It was the... God told Nathan to speak to him in this manner, right? And then, yes, yes. sure, Joab knew about it because there's no quiet corners in the, in the castle for the king. <laughs> there's always somebody listening and um, echoing voices, et cetera, et cetera. But Absalom took the same... He just took it out of the playbook. He didn't ask. I'm not Absalom. Joab took it Joab, out of the play yes. up, the playbook. He didn't ask the Lord about that, but he said, "Hmm, this is what happened, and it worked last time." And can you see how for David, he could have been like, "Oh, this is the same way it happened last time," right? Yes. The difference is Nathan is a prophet of the Lord, right? Yes. Yes. And the Lord was moving and ministering that situation, but this is just a wise woman. Ah, can you see the counterfeiting in there? It's almost, but not quite the same. And as we read, what, yesterday and the day before that, right? The last few studies, not all wisdom comes from above. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, James talks about that, right? Yes. Okay. So, how are you going to know? Which wisdom... Are you, or where the wisdom is coming from? Mm-hmm. Anybody know? Uh, by looking at what the signs that follow, if it's so how about before all that, bring it before the Lord, because in this, this is described as a wise woman, not a prophet. No, nope. not a prophetess. Just a wise person. It's it, it's a setup. It's the same. It's like. God love Ishmael, but the suggestion for Sarah to Abraham, here, take my handmaiden, is the same thing. was not the same thing. No. And the Lord didn't view it as the same thing. Yep, he still loved and blessed Ishmael because of his God's relationship with Abraham, but it was surely not the same thing. It actually ended up complicating their life. And to this and day. to this day, the generations that followed. Complicating. It was an almost but not quite the same. And there are many voices in this world, right? There are many people, even when they think they're hearing from the Lord. You we, ask God. Yes, you still have a responsibility to bring it or let it pass before him. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. And there are few, very few things that you have to do right now or you're not going to have another chance. Very few things in life. You have the opportunity to ask the Lord. And if it's a rush, rush thing. But we see that the Lord still provides an answer even in that. You can look at Ezra and Nehemiah. Right? The king asked him a question as he was serving him. And he says that he asked the Lord for help. And then spoke. Mm-hmm. So even if it's a rush situation, let it pass before the Lord. You have time. There's always time. And if it's your last moment, would you rather be your last moment speaking to the Lord? (laughs) Speaking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and letting his Holy Spirit come into the situation. Amen. Absolutely. 
rather than making your own choice and speaking different words. Does that answer your question? Yes. All right. So let's move forward. Um, verse 25 through the end of the chapter. Would like to volunteer? I will. All right, Kyla. And it says, Now in all Israel there was no one who was as praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish on him, or blemish in him. And when he cut his head, the hair of his head, <laughs> Not cut his head, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. At the end of every year, he cut it because it was heavy on him. When he cut it, he weighed the hair of his head at 200 shekels, according to the king's standard. To Absalom was born three sons and one daughter, whose name was Tamar. She was a woman of beautiful appearance. And Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem, but did not see the king's face. Therefore, Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king. But he would not come to him, and when he sent again the second time, he would not come. So he said to his servants, See, Joab's field is near mine, and he has, and he was, he, he has barley. Oh, barley. Mm -hmm. And he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servants set the, the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom's house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Look. I sent to you saying, come here that I may send to you, send you to the king to say, why have I come from Geshur? Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. It would be better for me to be there still. Now, therefore, let me see the king's face. But if there is iniquity in me, let him execute me. So, Jay, so Joab sent to the king and told him. And when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. And the king kissed Absalom. Hmm. Okay. Well, everyone's squirming over here. Well, it sounds like you guys got a lot to, to share. Um, so who would like to go first? I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, who will go first? I will. Wait, Birthrights. Birthrights. Oh, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow. <laughs> bringing that up. <laughs> okay. I'm just um, kidding. Go. All right, thank you. Love and peace. Mm -hmm. First thing I noticed is, isn't these the same wicked servants that just killed him when they're... You can see that they're still continuing their wicked ways with Absalom. You can... They're, you know, continuing their sins. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of found it interesting that Absalom went to... After three full years, then he went to see the king's face. Not when he got there. Two, right? Oh, sorry, two. He was in Gesher for three years, but here oh. for two, so it's been five so years. So it's been five years that he hasn't seen his dad. Um, hmm. Like, it's not the servant's fault that they were bad. They're just following orders. No, 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 no. They have their no. own because choice, though. No, Absalom. We're not going to do that. Like when Saul said, strike and kill the peace of the Lord, and everyone's like, nope, and it was just like that did it. <laughs> yes, and they refused. <laughs> yes. Yep. Even in following orders, whose orders are you following? Mm -hmm. They have no respect. I mean, like, it's almost, it, it, this is not written, but it's almost like they're assuming that he's the king already and he can do what he wants. Well, yes, Very much acting in that manner. All right. Uh, let's look at the interaction with Joab. Like, I sent for you. Twice. Absalom's a brat. 
but it's entitlement. And I mean, you can see he's acting as though someone should come because he called. Yeah. And part of that might be a little bit of arrogance. He talks about how beautiful he was and he cut his hair because it was so thick and full and luxurious <laughs> and heavy. And um, they praised him for his beauty, his good looks. And then he had a beautiful daughter and he weighed his hair to see how much it weighed. Mom. You guys can't see me, but I'm flipping my hair back and forth. <laughs> but he won that. All right, let's look at that. So he has a daughter. Now, what's the name of the daughter? Tamar. I had questions about yeah. that. Yeah. Hmm. But we don't hear about his sister anymore. Wow, we haven't heard about his sister for five years. Well, that kind of um, other questions, but... So, well, let's recap a little bit. So, so after... Tamar was violated, right? Yes. Where did she go? She stayed in his house. Okay. He had her in his house. But it says that in that moment, right, the day it happened is when he devised or hatched the plan in order to kill his brother, eliminate his brother. Okay. And But what is one of the other things that we talked about? Here, here is the sister. But it's almost there as a reminder every day, mm. keeping him in anger and in hatred and, well, moving closer and closer every day towards murdering his brother. Right, we can go back to what Jesus says. Yes, the, the commandments say, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder. He mm-hmm. says, but I tell you, if you have anger in your heart, you've already done the act. You're already guilty. Mm-hmm. We see how it plays out. That seed of unforgiveness that he let dwell within him, mm-hmm. in his heart, and in his mind, but then also devised, I'll say, an idol, if you will, in mm-hmm. the form of his sister as a reminder every day. And that's the thing he was worshiping and serving and feeding into and allowing to grow throughout mm-hmm. the entirety of his life. Well, he's been gone for three years. And now he's been in Jerusalem another two. We hear nothing about his sister. And where's what happened to her after? But we find out that he has a daughter. And it just so happens they have the same name. No, so he set up something else in his life to reflect and to continue this cycle, feed into the anger and the hatred and all these things. Remind him while he why he's justified in doing the evil things that he's doing. But then at the same time, he also, right, has the, the cat's paws thing of, I've done something noble. Oh, I need, he named his daughter after his sister, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as a reminder, as it right in her honor, and right, and all these other things. So if someone questions him about it, well, now it, it takes away from the true thing behind it. Why, what he really did, the actual motive and intention mm-hmm. of his heart. Mm-hmm. And he can have it perceived to be something noble and, and done in honor. Mm-hmm. Who else had at it? Oh, <laughs> no, <it's> <laughs> Sam went up quick. What's up, sir? And I also kind of interesting that Absalom said, Job's field on fire, kind of like, well, since you didn't ask me, I'm going to 
ruin your crops. So you have to come to me. Yep. Joab could have just took his head clean off his shoulders. <laughs> yes, but he was right. kind to Absalom. But then, for David's could sake, he be executed probably. too? No. Uh, it might have been worth it to him. I don't know. He killed Abner and got away with it. <laughs> it could have been avenging David. Well, but it's also there's there's been a lot of time between then and now, and the relationship's not the same as it was, because there have been other issues along the way between David and Joab. And, and then let's, let's also remember, this is the king's son. And then, well, what kind of message would that send if you, Joab, advocated for his return, and now you're upset with him? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. So changes, to, you vouched for this guy. Mm-hmm. You co-signed and insisted on his return. And, and now you're upset? Now now that he's done something to you, you're upset and you want to eliminate him, right? Like, yes. what about all the stuff that Absalom had already done to David mm-hmm. through his through other family members? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so here, Joab is experiencing on a completely different scale some of the pain that has come along with this individual. Because he is insistent of his own way, operating out of the flesh, and in opposition to the Lord and what the Lord's doing Very and wants to do. Yes. Very self-entitled. Then um, also I noticed how... It's okay. <laughs> Go ahead, sweetheart. Instead of... Sorry, next. He still told the servants, Go sit. Joe's funeral fire, so Joe but Joe got angry with him. He's angry with him. He could have said, My servants didn't did it by themselves. Uh-huh. Mm. Yep. Go ahead, Kyla. Oh, like what Promise was saying that Absalom seems the type to be very weak. He needs to hide behind other people. And he needs people to do it for him versus he opens his mouth but can't fight for himself. I know versus David. Like, David could back up what he said. Absalom can't. He just stamped his foot. Go do this. And threw a tantrum like Robin Hood from the Disney, like from King John from the Robin, the Disney Hood, the Disney Robin Hood. Okay, well, let's look at why, right? Okay, wait a second. David was raised by the Lord and taught how to lead people. Mm-hmm. And part of being a good leader is being alongside them, right? Kings also going to war, not just dictating, go here. And you see that flaw earlier on, right? And, and as you pointed out, Joab even had to call for David and be like, hey, you need to come over here or I'm going to take the city myself and it's going to be named after me. Because they yes. were used to working shoulder to shoulder, right? And their leader, their king was out fighting with them, not... Morning Not just day. commanding people to go here and there and, and all the rest of it. Want to rule from afar. Weak in his palace. Yes. Is how that's perceived. Mm-hmm. And with um, Absalom, with the last devotional, I kind of noticed that even before Tamar, anything was done to Tamar, his sister, he had a dislike for Amnon and 
In Second Samuel chapter 3, we see that Amnon was the firstborn, so rightfully he should have been the next to take the throne. And it kind of appeared to me that Absalom had a distaste for Amnon because he was the oldest, and Absalom was third oldest. Mm. And he felt like he should be the next one to rule. He was gorgeous. No one was like him. And all that jazz. But... He's very, he's not fit to be king. And you can see why the Lord stepped over him and and chose Solomon because Absalom's arrogant and boastful. And he has too much pride for nothing, to be honest. Well, based off of what? Because his dad's the king. Okay, well, there you go. But that's, uh, I'll say, human nature, right? Let's let's look at exactly what John the Baptist said, and uh, especially John the Baptist, but Jesus also said that, right? Yes. John the Baptist specifically stated, don't say, oh, as we're children of Abraham, right, or, or sons of Moses, or, or any of these things, right? Yes. So in other words, I'm in because of my my birthright. Right? Essentially. Yes. I'm not picking on you because you're like, oh, the birthright, I'm going first. No, I was picking on them, actually. <laughs> okay. So, but what I'm saying here is, is you got to have uh, the relationship for yourself. You got to be appointed by the Lord for yourself. Yes. Right? Uh, Jesus says the same thing. If you say you're, you're children of these things, then, well, you, you'd have known who I was because they spoke of me. Yes. Right? So, it's not just about. Well, because we're born into a certain group or, or whatever the case is. Well, let's freely anybody come. Look, I mean, he received this this older woman from Tekoa, a wise woman from Tekoa. Right? So yes. anybody could have come before the king. But there is a reason that he wasn't allowed. But then you go on further and you read in verse 32 especially, right? His interaction with Joab. And what is it? Very demanding, very... You see the entitlement Selfish. and the, the selfishness and the vanity and the manipulation in verses 32 and 33. Essentially, it was like, well, if I'm not going to see the king, then I'm going to leave. I'm going to go back to where I was. Like, mm-hmm. it was just as good for me out there, if not better. But then when he gets before David, oh, now we all submit, and it's this whole show. The show, exactly, is deceptive. If I've done something wrong, kill me. If, like, you know what I mean? That, that was part of the whole issue and what was discussed even with the woman. You did something wrong. You killed your brother. But it <clears throat> made it sound as though it was just two boys fighting when it was, he laid in wait. Cold-blooded murder. Or his... He wasn't even able to defend himself. Premeditated. Well, but Mr. Amnon should have been smarter. <laughs> I understand well, that. That's but. usually the case when we're not listening to the Lord. And mm-hmm. we're not applying what he has instructed us to do, say or do. Mm-hmm. So let us, Absalom does not come across as a nice person. But be mindful of your words and calling names, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? Yes. All right.
be loving still and kind still. You can address that these are not characteristics and qualities that belong to a righteous man or woman of God. And look at how you should carry yourself, discern what's appropriate, mm -hmm. right, and becoming of a righteous man or woman of God. We should reflect the nature and character of Christ. Mm -hmm. At all times, even when it looks like somebody is, their actions are um, scoundrel-like. Very opposed to the nature Absolutely. and character of Christ. So, um, What does that have to do with you, right? Just like we were just talking about his servants. They have a responsibility as well. We mm -hmm. each have our own responsibility to keep our attitudes, our thoughts, our ways, mm -hmm. our nature and our character in line with that of our Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. Yes. His ways, his thoughts, his mm -hmm. nature, his character should be ours. And here's why we approach things in that way. Anger is very natural for humanity. It's for mankind. That's like one of the first emotions that we, we notice, right? But if you allow, we cannot live in this world and not be affected by other people. And it's easy to look out and go, ooh, you know, get so upset about their actions and behaviors because you can see how wrong they are. But then when you start to be, it, that little angerness, the, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so it leaves a seed of anger in you. And then you put another seed, and then another, and then another, and then another. And eventually, you begin to look like those people you're so angry with. The one that you judge, now you become guilty of the same crimes. So... Let us look at the example, but also forgive. Yes. Forgive this, this young man who's now gone on to his eternal fate. Um, Thousands of years before. Right. And, you know, there were people, you might think, I know somebody like that now. However. Okay, forgive. Forgive them so that way you stay clean on the inside. And that you're, right, you're able to rightly divide the word of truth and apply it to your life and make sure that your foot does not become ensnared with the things that they struggle with. Okay. And I'm talking to myself as well. I just want you to know Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I am talking to me as well. I, I don't like when people make things hard for other people, but I have to be mindful of that dislike that it does not turn into anything else because it will grow if I feed it. I want the will of God to be done, and that's where my stance is. But how, how small or thin a line that can be to I'm angry because you're doing something that I don't like, right? Yes. Okay, so keeping my garments clean, keeping myself, my vessel on the inside clean and free of anything that could cause hindrance, any seed of bitterness, strife or unforgiveness is for my benefit, my well-being, my sake, just like it is for yours. And God can't help but be honored by that. And he can work with that. But if I start trying to build up my own, I don't like this, and my pointy little finger comes out and I start wagging my head and getting upset and angry with people, then now how can my God intervene on my behalf? I've got this little mountain building how, between us. And then how is he going to be glorified in that? Mm -hmm. Everything we do should be to glorify our Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's all learn from this. Mm -hmm. This is important to our, our life, both spiritually and naturally. Mm -hmm. And remember to bless those that curse you. Mm -hmm. Do good to those who spitefully use you. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And mistreat you and all the rest uh -huh. of it. Uh -huh. That is our God's way. Okay, so go ahead and forgive Absalom right now.
in the name of Jesus. And forgiveness, it, it does not only cling, unforgiveness is not only relevant and applicable and cling to people living. It's very, happens all the time. People don't forgive someone who's dead and moved on. So forgiveness is always something that we need to apply and readily and look, every situation, <laughs> apply forgiveness. Any other questions? No. Lately, did you get to see what you, say what you wanted to say? Oh, sorry. All right, we'll share. I noticed in verse um, 32 that Absalom said, why have I come from Geshur? Would it be better for me to still be there? Mm -hmm. It reminded me of what the children of Israel said to Moses in Exodus 16, sure. 3, when mm -hmm. he said, and the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly, with hunger. Never mind the fact that they had no straw to make bricks. and They were cutting the babies out of their womb. Throwing them in rivers. Right. But they just kept seeing the good. Uh, in spite of all. No. And by the good, I mean a, a, a warped perception of reality. Absolutely. They kept seeing bad in God, who there's no bad in him, and attributing the nasty attributes that belong to the Egyptians to God and the great and good attributes that belong to the Lord, they applied mm -hmm. those to the Egyptians. They called evil good and good evil. Mm -hmm. So let's mm -hmm. be mindful of those things in our own lives. Mm -hmm. Let's forgive. Let's rightly apply the word. Mm -hmm. Let's rightly apply and acknowledge the good that the Lord has done and given mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. in our lives and our walk and everything else. And let's reflect his nature and his character. Mm -hmm. And bring every thing before him. Yes, even what seems like wise counsel, every counsel before the Lord. Because he does not operate by the wisdom of man. Right? The world does cannot not. perceive the wisdom of God. And there is no counsel against the Lord. That's right. So, can we get someone to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. God, I just thank you for showing us the difference between wise counsel and wise counsel and fool's counsel. And also telling us when the counsel is from you or when it's from the devil. Mm -hmm. So that we don't make any mistakes when we're walking with you towards our goal. Yes. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Well, we love you. Pray everyone has a blessed and glorious day. Mm -hmm. God bless you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care.
God bless you.